The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to the book of 2 Timothy chapter number 1. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1 today. On this day when we are recognizing somebody who's made a difference, I'd like to speak to you about making a difference. There are many who have made a difference in my life, and I met a lot of them right here on the campus of Pensacola Christian College. One person was used by God to speak direction into me and open the door for me to grow in ministry is one of my teachers, in fact, one of my supervisors. And this year, God brought him back to work here at PCC. When I was a young associate pastor, Dr. Mutch, who I had no idea would be sitting on the platform today, uh, he and his wife visited our church one Sunday night, and I got to learn one more lesson about perspective. Uh, as we were closing things down, and the assistant pastor usually is the one that locks the doors and all those kinds of things, we're standing around talking to them. It's just my wife and I and our two daughters uh, that are left at the church, uh, and uh, as we're standing there talking, I guess conversation uh, shifted and we walked around the edge of the building. I had started the van and put the kids in their seatbelts. As I walked around, we're talking, all of a sudden I hear crunch. Quickly come running back around the edge of the building. One of my daughters had gotten out of her seatbelt, climbed into the front seat, put the car in drive, and ran into the church building. And Dr. Much said to me at that moment, well, you know, Pastor Davis, nobody will ever be able to say that you didn't leave your mark on this church. God wants you to make a difference in someone's life. God wants you to make a difference in someone's life. Perfect example of that is found in 2 Timothy chapter 1 as Paul talks to his son in the faith. As he speaks to Timothy, he leaves some examples for us. You say, well, how can I make a difference in someone's life? I'd suggest to you by following four examples uh, demonstrated by Paul here in 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 7, and as we do that, I'm going to go ahead and preview for you uh, the examples that I see uh, for sake of time and to make sure that you catch these as we go along. In verses 1 and 2, you can love people. And then in verses 3 and 4, you can pray for people. In verse 5, you can believe in people. And then in verses 6 and 7, you can recognize God's gift in people. God wants you to make a difference in someone's life. So we read here in 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, 
I put thee in remembrance, that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Father, in these few moments that we look to your word, we would ask that you would guide us, that you would help us to make these observations of Paul's example. And I pray that as we leave, that we'd be committed to making a difference in someone's life. No matter what your major is, as we come alongside people, you probably have learned that it's normal to hurt. A lot of people are hurting in the world around us. A lot of focus on that in these last couple of years. But in Christ, we've learned that it's possible to hope. I trust that you've been learning that and hearing that here on campus. We understand that it's horrible to sin, but it's wonderful to be forgiven. Part of what I do here on campus, I've had the opportunity over the last number of weeks to interview a number of graduate students as they're finishing up their time here on campus. And I'm a bit overwhelmed by the number of stories I hear of individuals who say, after just a couple of short years here on campus, after graduating from college, I could do things I never thought that I'd be able to do. Family members are even commenting, wow, how much you've changed over these last couple of years. As they start and leave here to start their professional lives with their master's degree in hand, they're amazed at the, the doors that the Lord has opened up to them. How about you? Can you imagine yourself starting that new position that God has chosen for you? Well, along the way, he's called you to make a difference in the lives of those that you're around. Again, look with me in verses 1 and 2. God wants you to make a difference. And in Paul's example, we see that you can love people. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ. So he's doing what God wants him to do. And I understand the special nature of what an apostle is. But called by God, he then speaks about Timothy and he calls him my dearly beloved son. Now, we know about Paul and his relationship with Timothy that likely he was present when Timothy accepted Jesus Christ to be his savior or shortly thereafter. Paul tells the story of Timothy's grandma. He tells the story of his mom. And he says, the faith that was in them, I believe that it's in you too. But it's more than that. You're my, in 1 Timothy, my son in the faith. You're my son, he says here in 2 Timothy, my dearly beloved son. The Apostle Paul, whatever else he did in ministry, he cared for people. In fact, we see his love for people and Timothy is just one of those individuals that he invested his life in. The choice to start practicing what you believe is best made today. It doesn't just magically start happening someday. You likely, within a matter of just a year, two years, three years, will find yourself in positions that are the very same position that God used in your life, except for it was somebody else that was in that spot, and now you find yourself there. Well, when, when do you start caring for people? When do you start making a difference in people's life? By God's grace, you can join people and remind them First of all, the redemptive story of Jesus Christ. While we're here, we rehearse it regularly. You hear it about it in your Bible classes. We hear about it in chapel. Uh, we, we hear pastor preach about it in church. You can remind people of what Jesus Christ has done for you. And we become aware of sin. You can help others to do the same thing, confess that sin. Because we know that we've got a promise. 
If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You'll have the opportunity to help other individuals see who Christ is and be present as they turn to Christ. That's what we see that Paul did here in this particular, ca- particular case. You can join people as they're, as one author said it, amazed by grace and receive Christ's grace for their disgrace. You're going to come alongside some individuals that, that perhaps have had a problem. They have struggled. The challenge that I have for you this morning as it relates to them is that you love people. That you care. Uh, Paul, in talking about Timothy and describing his faith or his belief, says in the passage that we're looking at when describing his faith, that his faith was an unfeigned faith. If you will, it wasn't fake. Lots of times we've been around people and maybe we've maybe questioned what their motive was. Paul, as he speaks here, as he writes, talking to Timothy, he says that I've observed in your life that what you do and what you believe, it's real. But we can observe in Paul himself that he has a genuine love and a care, and his love and his care is real as well. Aren't you glad that it's possible to be forgiven by a God who loves you? Greater love hath no man than this, than a man laid down his life for his friend. Except for Jesus came and died for us, not when we were lovable, we're told, but when we were unlovely, when we were still in our sin. And Paul, he demonstrates a very special kind of care and compassion, a love for Timothy. But continuing in our passage, you can make a difference in people's lives by praying for people. Look with me at verses 3 and 4. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Paul, remembering what his heritage was, and we do understand that Paul grew in his faith also. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He'd been trained in an understanding of who God was, but it's not until that day when Jesus Christ appeared to him on the, the, the way that he was traveling, and that light appears to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? That Saul begins to understand who Jesus Christ is. And then God sends somebody to his life when many others didn't want to have anything to do with him. And the apostle Paul, known as Saul, he accepts Jesus Christ to be his savior. But now we see that that very individual who has in good conscience now, based upon things that he had grown up with now, and now a completer understanding of Jesus Christ, he begins to pray for others the same way. In fact, he's praying for this man, Timothy. Now, Timothy, by now, is an individual who's serving God. Paul had been his father in the faith in so many ways. Timothy, as a young pastor, uh, got the instruction and the help and the investment on the part of somebody else, Paul. And he was praying for him in ministry. But, but now Paul is coming to the end of his ministry. This mentor relationship, it has developed over a number of years. And he's reaching out to him and he's letting him know, Paul, while he's in prison, there's not a lot of other things that he can do anymore while he's in prison. He has a lot of time to think and what his mind goes to before the Lord is that he prays. And he's praying for those that he's loved. He's praying for those individuals that he's invested in. And he says, without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. I want to encourage you not only to love people, but to pray for them. Are there some individuals right now that that, that come to mind that, that need loved? Are there some individuals that come to your mind that you can be praying for? 
that you can begin already investing in as God has called you to a life of investing in people? And you say, we've not looked at any verse that says we're supposed to do that, but, but I would take you to verse after verse after verse where we're called to disciple. We're called to come alongside of and invest in. Or we're called to bear each other's burdens. But Paul continues in verse 4, says, Not only praying for, but greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy, thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. Paul remembers the last time where they were together and the separation that, that, that transpired and the tears on the part of this individual that he cares for. Being a brother or sister in Christ is more than just being there for someone who's hurting. Being a brother or sister in Christ is more than just helping someone solve their problems. As part of the body of Christ, God has called you to the ministry of discipleship. And the purpose of that discipleship is to help people become more like Jesus Christ. Love people. Pray for those individuals and pray for them, not just that they would get out of some particular challenge they're facing right now, that they would have success in getting through maybe exams that are coming up. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with praying for people going through those type of challenges, but pray that God would do a work in their life. That God would continue to conform them into his image in the same way that he's conforming you into his image. That you grow together as brothers and sisters in Christ and you see them discipled when you pray, when you work with individuals. Remember that it's spiritual work. God wants you to make a difference in someone's life. Look with me in verse 5 where we see Paul's example that you can believe in people. Paul says, as he's been praying for him, as he writes to him, now when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that in thee also. Timothy, as I think back through your life and the conversations that we have had, and we have record of so many of those conversations, First Timothy, and we're going to have more here in Second Timothy. As I think back about those things, I want you to understand that I believe in you. Perhaps it is that you can think of an individual who has believed in you and that has made literally all the difference. Somebody when you are facing troubles, somebody when you're facing a, a trial, somebody when you weren't sure that you could was able to rehearse with you again what Jesus Christ has done for you. Rehearse with you how you have already seen God work in the past and state a belief about what they believe God is going to do in your life going forward as it relates to how God has demonstrated himself in his word. He says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith, that is an unfaked faith, that is a genuine faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. He says, I'm persuaded that in thee also you can believe in people. As we come to the end of this semester, you have all kinds of plans for the summer. Some of you, and this is dear to my heart, are planning to spend this summer in camp ministry. Some are going on a missions trip. Some are going to summer internships. Some are starting a new job or career. Those of you that are graduating, some are going home to rest. Some are saying, I just can't wait for vacation. And others are going to be working a job so you can pay for school next year. These could all be very good things. Can I challenge you? Don't waste your summer. 
If you're going home, get involved in your church and invest in people. If you're staying here, get involved in a ministry opportunity and make a difference for Christ in someone's life here this summer. God's in the business of changing people. Let him change you. And then let him use you as he changes others. When we talk about how he's changed us, what comes to mind is salvation. And that's what Paul speaks of here. I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. Salvation. If you've accepted Jesus Christ to be your Savior, you have already been changed. But that's not the totality of what God's doing. If you've accepted Jesus Christ to be your Savior, he's also, that is God, doing a work in your life. And he's working to bring you into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. That process where we're set apart, where we become more like Jesus Christ. We call that sanctification. That is Christ empowering you to increasingly reflect his image. As we increasingly become like Christ, we will relate like him, we'll think like him, we'll choose like him, we'll act like him, we'll respond like him, we'll end up investing ourselves in others. How can you make a difference? Paul's example in verses 6 and 7 show us that you can recognize God's gift in people. Wherefore, Paul says, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. The Apostle Paul was present as Timothy was called into ministry, and there's something special about that apostolic gift that the Apostle Paul has. But what I would point out to you is that Paul recognized what God was doing in Timothy's life and he recognized that God had a plan for him and you may be the very person that God's going to bring alongside of someone else that, that tells them, I see what God is seeking to do in you. After you've been justified, that is, you've been saved, you've been reconciled and regenerated, and maybe in Bible doctrines class or in church, we've talked about some of these doctrines. After you've done, or after you've been justified and reconciled, regenerated, and have started becoming more like Christ, God wants you to do more than just tell others what he's done in your life. He's called you to guide others to the same power that's made a difference in your life. Christ's grace changes people and empowers them to mature into his likeness. And just as others have invested in you, and and because of the work that they've done, God used that to make a difference in your life, God wants to do the same thing with you. When you guide others, we help people tap into, apply, and avail themselves of the resurrection power that's already in them if they know Jesus Christ, according to Philippians chapter 3. Very quickly this morning, I've suggested to you that God wants you to make a difference in someone's life. Will you follow the example provided here in 2 Timothy chapter 1 so that you can do that today? You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.